I'm going to introduce the next session um, briefly, and then uh, Brenda, Rodney, and Jim are going to have some leaders come up, and there's going to be some discussion. And the, I, the goal behind this is just to kind of flesh some of this out, to specifically flesh out the, um, the, the mentoring piece of leadership, um, mission, member care, uh, meeting, and mentoring. So we're going to focus on the, that mentoring piece. And... Um, other, other leadership communities will focus on other parts of it. So I want to I start this session by, by letting um, George Costanza talk to us a little bit about, about, about mentoring. So go ahead and make sure the sound is on and let's, let's hear it. God's purpose is for their lives so they can then go do the same for others. 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, um, the things you've heard from me, invest in others who will then invest in others. And so what, I, what we want to do is continue to demystify this idea of mentoring. Some of you, this is, you're like, I got it. But some of you are like still trying to get your minds around it. And part of the reason you're not getting your mind around it is probably because it's just much easier or simpler than you know. You're, you're doing it. Like, this can't be it. This just feels like I'm helping someone, getting with them. Yeah, that's it. It just feels like it's got to be more. And so I want to demystify it and then hopefully... Talk about some, um, some threats or opportunities. That's what, the, that's what the, the discussion with some group leaders will be. Threats and opportunities. If you don't like that language, what are the barriers and pathways around those pathways? And so discipleship is developing Christians. It's helping people walk as full-time devoted followers of Christ. And mentoring, is, of course, has some of that sometimes, but it's specifically about multiplying leaders for the church, not just for our church, but the church. Mentoring is an intentional investment in one or two people to help them become equipped to lead others. And it involves um, helping people. You can do that. You can want to do that. It involves seeing where God is moving and joining him there. And these people may be your peers. They may be, in many ways, they may have, you say, well, they have strengths I don't have. That's okay. That's going to be the case. But so Jim Lewis is a friend. He works for me. He works alongside me. I learn from him. He's a peer, but my role in his life is to mentor him because it's my responsibility and my privilege. So mentoring him is helping him. So the idea is it's important to see that mentoring is not about ranking. You know, um, I outrank Jim or I'm smarter, more important. That's not what it is. It's, it's my role, my responsibility, my privilege in, in my position is to help him develop as a person. And so you don't have to see yourself as ranking. And that's part of the barrier is I can't mentor them. We're the same rank or we're the same. We're peers. That's not what it is. And, and, and it goes back and forth. But you have, a couple years ago, I, had, I was at a, in Virginia and there was three older chaplains who were colonels and then there were two younger chaplains who were colonels. And the younger ones were asking for advice. They had just been promoted to colonel. And one guy gave the best advice I've ever heard. He's an, old, he's an older chaplain colonel. And he said, when I was promoted, um, an old, crusty, um, retired guy walked up. And he told chaplains have, on their dress uniform, they have a cross above their heart. And then their rank is here. And he poked that um, cross and said, don't let that eagle poop on that cross. And he was more graphic than that. And it was the best advice I ever heard for, for that's, what you, that's what chaplains are to be about. Your rank is 
a privilege, it's a responsibility, it's authority, but the cross is who you are. You're not above anybody. You're a servant of everyone. And so you're a group leader. You're a group leader. We don't, we don't appoint group leaders at River. We recognize leaders. You say, ah, that's a distinction without a difference. No, it's not. Um, if, if, in, appointing leaders is, well, somebody please lead a group. Anybody, somebody, please. And then you go, okay, Alakabam, you're a leader. That's appointing leaders. Recognizing leader is Doug, Judy, you guys have been laying your life down for people, serving your faithful. You're leaders. <laughs> now go lead. That's, that's recognizing leadership. And so you're a leader or a leader assistant because you've walked with God and walked with people. And so that's, that is your rank, whether you like it or not. And so you have authority. You, you get to decide what happens in group within the parameters of our philosophy of ministry. I mean, you, you guys can't go do crazy stuff, but we don't tell you how much time to pray. What to, you know, I don't, we don't tell Brad when to meet. He tells us when he's going to meet. He, he, you get that, uh, you have that authority. So, that, so group leader is your rank, and you have to just take that. I mean, that's just the way it is. God has given you that. We haven't. We've recognized it. And, and you have now the responsibility, the opportunity, the privilege of mentoring people, which is for the good of other people. It's for their good. And you don't need to be an expert in anything. You just need to be yourself, walk with God, and see where God is moving and join him. This is really, really good for people. It's good for you. And our job as vocational staff, the people God has called to work on staff, is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. So that's our role in your life, to help you. Help you as you help other people. So here's what we want to do. We'll have some, um, some staff come up with some leaders. And the goal here is to cast vision for trading in an imposter mindset. The imposter mindset is, I don't know what I'm doing. It's only a matter of time before everybody else figures that out. That's the imposter mindset. The growth mindset is, I don't know what I'm doing. It's only a matter of time before I figure it out. And that's what I believe is true. And we all struggle with that. So who's up first? Rodney, you're up first. Come on up. <laughs> this, this could be dangerous. You can even take it off the stand so you can dance around and stuff like that. Um, so Scott and I are going to talk a little bit about the first thread. If you want to put that up there, Trace, uh, there's a slide. It's inside of a diamond that says, keep going. Okay, these are the four that we're going to talk about. The first one is, uh, to be honest, mentoring, it's just not a priority. You know, I know it's important, and I did choke on that M when I ate it, but I just forget about it. So that's the one I'm going to talk about. You can go to the, I think maybe it's the next slide. It, to be honest, it's not just a priority. And the opportunity for us there is that may be true, but our hearts can change. We can change. I was thinking about change as Aaron was talking and also thinking about the disciples and just the change that took the transformation that took place in their life and it was because they encountered Christ but also just thinking they actually you, you would look at them and think man this is a hopeless cause uh, here's Peter rebuking Jesus uh, and Jesus is calling him Satan saying get behind me um, and he's here's some of his disciples saying hey let's call down fire and destroy this whole city um, and then at the end, when Jesus is 
ascending into heaven, he says, okay, guys, I've entrusted you with this. I know I have given you what you need. Now go and make disciples. He had um, faith that they had changed um, and that they could change. The same is true for us. This might not be a priority, um, but our hearts can change. So Scott and I were having a conversation, I don't know, it's been a year or two ago, maybe, um, and we kind of had this aha moment where we sort of realized we have been mentored a lot and maybe we're up. I don't know if you want to talk about that conversation a little bit and uh, tell them some of your thoughts about that. Yeah, yeah, it was a challenging conversation. And, um, you might have to get a little closer there if you want oh, to have see, a mic on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not, not used to this. You think I can sing and play bass? No. no. <laughs> it's part of the job of a mentor. You just got to cut to the chase That's... sometimes. Thank you. <laughs> See, I'm serving him right here. Okay, back to it. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, we, we were just talking about this the other day, and, and I, I realized that um, the church I grew up in, which was a, a Baptist Bible-believing church, it didn't, have, it didn't have this. It didn't have a culture of mentorship um, or of community, at least not that I experienced. And if it did, my family just didn't participate in it. And, and Brian and I noticed this really the first time we came to River, and, and we thought, man, this is not, not strange, but unique. Like, people really care. They, they really care about us. They really want to invest in us. And, um, and so I think part of the change for me is thinking um, I'm not called to just be an active, or, or sorry, a, a, um, a passive spectator at church, mm -hmm. but to be an active participant in people's lives. And, um, and we all are. That's, that's why we're all here. And so, you know, a lot of times, yeah, I don't feel like I have the energy or the time. There's, there's some Sundays where I just, I want to slip in and slip out. And sometimes uh, Sunday evening for group, especially if the Chiefs are playing, Rodney, I just, wanna, I just wanna watch football and watch them beat the Packers, Mark. I mean, I don't, no, no, okay. Uh, but every person is worth it. They're worth my time, they're worth my energy, even when I think I don't have it. And, and every time when I say yes to God, it's, it's proven to be awesome, every time. Yeah, and I think I remember right, if I remember right, as we were talking, we were going through like, I remember coming to River and this person invested in me, this person was my group leader and mentored me, and then I was in this group and got the same experience here and there. Yeah. Uh, and. It seemed like we both just had this aha moment of, uh, Terry used this example in, in a sermon, I think it was when we were outside, where you know, you're know you getting shade from trees, but at some point in your life, then all of a sudden you're the person that's supposed to be giving, providing shade for others. And uh, I think that was sort of what we sort of came to together. We had this new perspective. It wasn't like we were not being faithful or, or not mentoring. It was just like, oh yeah, this if, if we want this culture of our church that we love to continue, then it's, it's, it's on us to continue this, uh, this, this DNA that's built into our church. Yeah. Is that the right way to say it? Is there something you would add to that? It, it is. And I would just say, um, you know, so, so Rodney and I, uh, he, he's mentored me for a while. And the way that that started was initially through friendship, like, like Terry mentioned relational earlier. And at my company, we have a saying that, that results move at the speed of relationships. 
And so we had a relationship and I shared a struggle with Rodney and, um, and that took, it took courage to share the struggle and Rodney listened to me. And then later that day he called me and he said, he didn't ask, Hey, do you want to get together? He said, this is what we're going to do. It, it was, it needed urgent attention. And so, um, so, so that's, that's part of what my vision is for the people around me, for my kids, for my friends' kids, is that we, um, we, we establish relationships, and especially with the youth, let's continue to teach courage, because it takes courage for my son to go to his friend and share a struggle. And it takes a lot of courage for that friend to say, let's sit down and pray through it. Let's sit down and talk about that. And it, it does for grown men and grown women, too. And so I think that that's, that's part of the culture that um, I want to be a part of, continuing to perpetuate at River. Um, and I want, to share, I want to share another story, too. And, and, and by the way, every, every mentor-mentee relationship I've been a part of, um, like uh, either Terry or Aaron was speaking to, any time I've been mentored, I've, I've ended up offering some mentorship back to that person uh, and vice versa. So it's, it's, it's definitely not this rank thing or this class thing. Um, but, but speaking of youth, I've really thought about this a lot this summer. So we had the, the great privilege of hosting Ethan Amershek at our house this summer. And, um, and so I, I had a few times to, to coach him. And, and a couple times they were, uh, they were uh, difficult conversations. And uh, just like I thanked you for telling me that I shouldn't sing, um, <laughs> he thanked me. This is a 17-year-old young man that thanked me uh, for, for giving him some, some tough words. And I thought, wow, my kids, are you guys listening to that? Uh, so that's, man, that's, that's, that's the culture that I want, I want my kids to have and I want to help other kids have um, because that's, that's not what the world teaches them. Um, and so we've got to. Good. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Um, I just I want to say two things. One is so from just to kind of wrap up here. Scott and I, I think in our conversation together, we just had this new perspective. It wasn't really a new perspective as much as an awakening to the perspective of um, kind of if the culture of mentoring is going to fade at River, I don't want it to happen on my watch. You know, I want to be faithful. So this new perspective, but then also Scott just kind of alluded to this, uh, also an awareness of the importance of motivation and George Costanza related to it as well. You know, what's in it for the mentor? Well, admiration, respect, all these things. And then for someone to say, thank you for investing in me. Um, but also the motivation that supersedes all of those. I, I so, I so it's crazy to me that I forget this, but God is watching, you know, the, the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those who put their hope in his faithful love. He is aware of us laying down our lives, and he is pleased when his kids would love his other kids and invest and mentor them. So that's for me is my, I want that to be my motivation. I want to mentor because God is pleased when I do. And so I hope that helps you guys move from uh, this is not just a priority to the reality of, hey, your heart can change.
So we are going to talk about the threat of I don't know how, and the opportunity is I can learn. Uh, you guys will come up after um, Jim, so they're getting ready. So before I ask Maureen some questions, I would just want to share a story that I remembered as I was thinking about this topic. So years ago, before I was on staff, I was, you know, I'd been around River maybe a handful of years, and I was a pretty new leader, and I had a leader assistant, and I knew that we were supposed to meet together. So I showed up, and we met together, and I'm pretty sure I wasn't very skillful in how we did this, but we met together regularly, and I don't even remember what we did, probably talked about group and what I knew to talk about. And sometime after that, she said to me, she goes, you know, when we first started meeting together, I didn't know what we were doing this for. And then I started thinking, uh-oh. I really messed up. But then she told me, she said, after a while I got it. I started figuring it out, that you were asking about my life, we were talking about group life. And so that was just a learning experience for me, as I really didn't know how, but I showed up and God used it, not because of my skill, but just because of showing up and, and doing what I knew to do at that point. So, so anyway, I asked Maureen to share um, this is, I don't know how, but I was thinking about it, and I think as we were talking, it was more like I didn't know, right? I didn't know, and then I figured out how. So we were talking about when Maureen first came to River, you were a mature believer already, but you saw our motto, which was knowing and loving God and making God's love known to others, and that was new to you. Well, the or, motto wasn't exactly new. It was my... Um, how I understood the motto because the more, I mean, since we've talked, I was processing that and the making God's love known to others, I guess I would say, I always thought of that more missional, like out there witnessing and evangelizing. And that was my take on what making God's love known to others was. But I really, um, I saw that and it was just, it was that. And then I like, I think it was Terry had said, it's simply love God, love people. That one really connected with me. And then being part of Christie's group, I saw how it was modeled for me on mm -hmm. how she loved people. And that is what was new to me, is just seeing that love and how invitational she was yeah. with, um, with me and with other people in the group and other people outside the group. And it was, I had never really experienced that. And yeah. it was like, I, that's a weakness in me. I'm just not an invitational person. It, it's not on the radar for me. And so it was kind of a challenge for me to, um, to want to learn that skill. Yeah, so you talked about how you and Christy have different strengths. And so then you were trying to figure out how to live out the same principle out of who you yeah. are. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, she's very invitational and um, very outgoing personality. And I'm more quiet and well I'm not quiet if you know me I can talk with the rest of them <laughs> but when I don't know somebody I'm a little bit more reserved I guess to start with and then um, I have a hard time inviting people I mean it's just like it's more um, number one I don't even think about it I'm very a project I get in project mode and people don't even cross my mind I'm content yeah. being in project mode and um, but then it's just, you know, I'm organized. I work off of to-do lists. Um, 
it's just kind of, I'm, I'm just wired differently. But I realized, you know, just part of the river environment was people are what's important. And I mean, even this morning I was reading in just the first chapter of Mark and it just notes I had written in the margin about Jesus left a city with work still to do to go pursue more people. And that is something I had written quite a while ago, and it was just like fresh this morning when I'm supposed to sit here and talk about this. And it's like a reminder of I need to be able to let my projects go and pursue people. And since I'm very much a to-do list person, I find that if I write, call this person, connect with this, put it on my to-do list, I do much better. Because otherwise, I just don't think about it. Yeah. So what, what has helped you to be more intentional? You talked about in your meetings with Christy. Yeah, yeah. well, I know when I was with Christy, I remember um, there was one particular gal that she thought we had. A, um, she was quite a bit younger um, coming to our group, but uh, kind of came from a broken home with not having a dad present in her life, and that was kind of similar to my background. And she thought, you know, you might really have... Um, you might be able to connect with her. And so Christy challenged me to get with her, and um, so I did. And another fear that I have when I do get with people is, what are we gonna talk about? I just, I don't know. <laughs> so it's like, if I get with the person who talks, I can talk, but if I get with the person who's quiet, sometimes I shut down too. And so anyway, it was very helpful. Um, Christy challenged me to get with that person and meet with her, and then the accountability of reporting back, yes, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Sounded like Terry's story with the, the kids. They knew he was going to ask. She knew Christy was going to ask. Just that simple question motivates us, right? Yeah. Yep. So when we were talking about mentoring, we talked about how the, that word was a little bit of a challenge for you. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I think Terry kind of talked about it. My, mentoring to me, I just kind of, in my mind, it's a hierarchy, you know, yeah. and I don't feel like, I mean, Christy obviously had a, a lot that she, I felt like modeling for me as a better, mm -hmm. um, she was very subtle. I mean, and it, it just, she just lived her life and I picked it up. Yeah. And so in that sense, it was mentoring, but I didn't look at it um, that way. And I just kind of had always thought of mentoring more as a, a hierarchy where a leader over somebody you know, under you somehow, and yeah. I don't know. So I, I had a hard time with that. But it looks more collaborative. Yes, in, yes. In your, yeah. your group now, yeah. and even in your relationship with Christy, when right. we were talking about it, yeah. it was more collaborative than yeah. directive, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and then I feel the same way with my relationship with um, Anita now, who's my leader assistant, that I feel like it's more collaborative. Yeah. I don't feel any kind of hierarchy with us, between us, and so I, I struggled with that word, mentorship. Yeah. So. so now that it's been redefined or demystified, does that help? Yeah, it does. Good. It does. So. so do you have anything else you want to share with us? Not that I can think of. All right. Well, thanks, Maureen. Uh -huh. Jimbo? All right, well, I'm, this is Forrest Hutt, and I'm going to talk about, mine is more of who am I? You know, like, like it says there, I don't feel worthy. I'm not, you know, am I really ready? And it's the, the, the opposite of that is I can grow. And with Forrest, uh, I thought it was funny, Terry was talking about, 
uh, the way guys and gals are in general. And I was really direct with Forrest because I just went up to Forrest. I knew Forrest. He, uh, and so I was like, Forrest, you're going to lead a group with me. You're going to be my leader assistant. And, oh, by the way, you're going to lead the group. And I'm going to be a player coach. And that was kind of how our relationship started off with group life, right? And so you, you told me earlier you were a little overwhelmed with that. There were definitely barriers that he felt, but there are also great opportunities. So why don't you speak to that? Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I, I didn't necessarily feel like it was a burden that was undue and just forced on me. But yeah, it was, it was definitely the conversation of, hey, uh, it's your turn. Uh, go do it. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think God gives the power when you need it. And so there's the idea of capacity grows as it's needed. Um, and so I, I think there, been, there were great opportunities. He was very direct. And so some of the things as far as like managing group time and those kinds of things, he would just come in and he'd say, that went well, that didn't go well, do this differently. Um, and those were mostly not in front of the group, so that's helpful. <laughs> um, but it was a good opportunity for me to just dive in and grow. So I thought it was, yeah. you know, the, the idea of I don't feel ready or I don't feel worthy. Am I capable to take the next step? Well, yeah, I'm probably capable to do that. And then I don't know what the next step is after that, but I'll probably be capable to take that one as well. Hey, so you told me, uh, you used an analogy like going to an airport. I think that'd be helpful for these people to hear. So I, I talked to Jim when we were talking about this. If someone says, hey, you're going to go to an airport or like, let's fly to London. You got to meet this person. You got to do a business deal at like two o'clock and fly back. Like most everyone's going to probably say, if this is my first international flight, not a chance. Like I'm not going to get there because all these connecting flights and all those things. But if someone says, hey, you've got to go do that, but I'm going to give you this guy who's already done it five times, like suddenly the, the anxiety, the level of capability, like, you know, the anxiety level goes down, the capability to go, okay, this guy's done this. He's walking alongside me. Um, he's going to prepare me. He's going to tell me where to go. He's going to find this person. He's going to help me flag someone down to help when I can't get there. Those things are all things that are, are helpful to make someone feel ready or worthy to do something. Yeah, so we have a, a great relationship, obviously, but what, what were some things you learned about mentoring through that whole year and a half that we spent together? Uh, well, first off, it's not rocket science. Yeah. You and I weren't, like, sitting down and having this, like, you know, we didn't pull up a mentoring app on our phone or anything like that. <laughs> um, so it's not rocket science. Everyone can do it, but I think just through that year... Um, I learned, you know, showing up, um, being willing to be direct, being willing to learn what's next, being willing to take instruction. Those are the things that I learned. Yeah, great. So what about uh, your guys? Who, who are you mentoring? How does that look now? Well, uh, I would say my leader's assistant or co-leader, whatever it is, uh, he's, he's doing great. And so I don't really have a close mentoring relationship with him. Um, he probably mentors me more. But we've, we've developed some uh, guys in our group, and we've said, hey, these guys are guys who probably have some level of capacity to go next and do something. And we're, we're pairing up those guys 
with either one of us or someone else who has the capability to lead them. But then also, they're just people who are going through a lot of hurt and tragedy and other things in our group. And so it's one-on-one. -on -one. It's, hey, I heard you say something in group on Wednesday. Can we go and get coffee or can we go and uh, have a meal or can we just go do something together or can I come help you? Um, and we'll just talk through that, whether it's a, a spiritual thing or just you know, a relational thing that they're having trouble with in their family. All right, thanks. Anything else you want to say? No, but it? thanks, okay. Jim. Thank you yeah. for mentioning. <laughs> All right, so this is Sandy Derry and Brianne Oaks, and I asked them to come up because they lead a lunchtime group. So first off, they have limited time in their group, and then they both have very different lives. Their lives look very different, and so the way they have to use their time looks different. So the threat here, I think that's up, is I don't have time. The opportunity is I can make the most of my life. So tell me a little bit about your lives, a little bit about group, like how you ended up with a lunchtime group. Um, I was a member of the lunchtime group back when I had high school-ish age kids, and our evenings were full. Every week, evening, there was something. So an evening group really fit my life back then. So then people move and change, and then I ended up leading it. And I'm opposite from Sandy, so she's gone all day and works full time, and I'm at home all day um, as a homeschool mom. So lunch works great for us, for me, for just having a break during the day, and then also the evenings are also full with activities. So, yeah. so what's your group time look like? So pretty much an hour? Yeah, 12 to 1. We catch up a little bit when we first get there, but then we just jump right into discussing the sermon and everything. We try to get prayer time and prayer requests in, but that is always a challenge. Um, so we're going to try something different this fall and see how it goes. Yeah. Yep. I think encouraging is a big thing. For me as a leader, just being an encourager in the short time. So um, we've come up with different ideas. So our group started out small a couple years ago, like four. Yeah. And now we've uh, tripled that. So we've had to be more creative with our ways of prayer requests or just communication within the group, but also just being an encourager, because I know there's ladies in our group, if it wasn't for them showing up for this, even if it's short time, an hour a week, they would not be encouraged by anybody else. So you mentioned creatively. That's one of the things that we had talked about, is because your time is short, in group and outside of it, then how do you creatively invest in them and in one another? We do a lot more texting of each other and um, catching people at church. Bree's a lot better at that than I am. Um, but yeah, we just have to do a lot more outside of group as far as investing and encouraging. So the group time itself, maybe not a lot of that happens unless there's a crisis, but we have to do more of that outside of group and separately. Well, I was just thinking about you guys because Brie might chuckle at this, but she was telling me how her group was small. <laughs> yeah, last year. And then who prayed to have more people in their group? And then what happened? I'm out of chairs. <laughs> 
So it fits a need. And, you know, I love that people are showing up because I know it's not easy because some of these women are coming from work and they're sometimes they're probably late and maybe they have to leave early, but they are showing up and they're making the most of their time. So, so when I mentioned, were you going to say something? Yeah, okay. When I mentioned the word mentoring, tell me what you thought about that. We both said, we don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else out there have that reaction? Are you guys going to leave me hanging? Oh, thank you, Lisa. Okay. So that's part of why maybe you don't have that reaction. That's okay. But we just want people to understand, like, if you are mentoring, we want you to, to reframe it. And if you're helping someone else think about how to mentor, you might remember how they might think of it, what barriers there might be in place for them to do it. So did you ladies have anything else to share? Any um, other thoughts? One other thing is, um, just for those who also have limited time in group, um, some things that we've done different is by letting other people in the group um, do things and take responsibility every now and then. If we're tied up with um, something or just want to change, we'll ask a group member to lead. Um, I'm terrible at remembering birthdays, um, so another group member jumped in and she takes care of that. And even just the text blast, we're not the ones that are always initiating those, it's other people. So I really feel like our group works as a team. That's great. Yeah. And one of the questions you asked is, how has this changed over time? And um, I, my evenings are free now. My kids have flown and I'm footloose and happy free. Um, <laughs> But I stay with the group because, like Bree said, I think if it wasn't there, some women would not be in a group at all. Um, and also, thinking back to when I had little kids, how I invested was I invited people just to hang out with us. Um, so we would run errands, or they would come while I was working on some project, and just inviting them into my craziness gave us time to invest a little bit. So that's how it changed from when then to now a little bit. Great, thanks for sharing that. Creative use of time. 